Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you this morning. So I love this story. This is, it has a little bit of everything in it. You have some sibling, sibling rivalry. You have someone getting upset with Jesus. You have, um, it reminded me actually of times that I've gotten into it a little bit with my sister. Um, I guess I would have played the part with, with Martha because if you replace Jesus with mom, it's me. Hey, mom, tell my sister to help me with this. Um, but if it was Jesus coming over to your home, if it was Jesus at your door, I think it's at some level we would, you know, we would be like Martha. We would want to make sure the, the house is cleaned, make sure we have the, the lobster or the ham or the turkey, or maybe you have all three because it's Jesus. And, or the pot roast, I should put pot roast in there. I will, something with vegetarian, so when vegetarian something should be in there too. But in this story, the big idea, which Jesus just lays out right smack at the end, is that sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to his word is our number one priority. So before the turkey, before the pot rolls, before the salad, before the cleaning, like that's the, the number one thing. In fact, just even me by saying that, the sermon is really 50% over by that point. But I have like 22 minutes I have to fill up, so we, we got to keep going. But in the story, we see an example of what it means to love God as Mary sits at Jesus' feet. Mary shows us that devotion to God must be the basis of all of our service for him. The Lord teaches us the valuable lesson of what's our main priority that we must hold on to, even in the midst of our, our chaotic schedules, our, our Blackberries, or our iPhones, and our, our Outlook calendars, and our meetings, and soccer practice, in the midst of all of our busyness, that he must remain the priority. Now, I think we would all agree, hopefully, that making Jesus a priority is what we should do as Christians. It's something that we probably all strive to do, and, and sometimes we miss the mark and we don't do it consistently because life happens. But I would guess that as we want to be in a close relationship with Christ, that that's something that we need to probably work on. So as we look at the story, I hope that you will be motivated, one, in light of your own life, in light of your own personal relationship with Christ. Where are your priorities? In addition to how are you practicing your faith, engaging in spiritualities, and then most importantly, that you're choosing to do so. You're choosing to read the word of God. Because as we read the story, we realize that none of these things happen by accident, that it's an act of choice that we have to make. So let's pray and get into God's word. Gracious Heavenly Father, um, once again, we come before you saying thank you. Lord, we thank you for just dying on the cross for our sins. We thank you that we can boldly come before your throne. We can boldly sit in this church and say the word Jesus in parts of China and parts of the world. You can't do that. So, Lord, we don't take that for granted. Lord, as we look at scripture today, we all have busy schedules. We have busy lives. 
And we ask that there would be a moment or a point that we would either be convicted or reminded just how precious time is and just how much we need you and how much we need you even when we think we don't because things are going well. So as we look at your word, Lord, we ask that we would have itching ears to hear what says the Lord, that it's not my words that they hear or my voice or my face that they see, but it would be me, you, through me, that you would empty me out as a vessel and fill me up with your Holy Spirit. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, let's look, let's just start with verse 38. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha had welcomed him in. Now, the village is unnamed, but we know from John 11 that Martha and Mary lived in Bethany, and that's where they're home. And Bethany is situated when Jesus go to and from Jerusalem. And so it is fair to say that Jesus is in Bethany. Just in case if you were anxious to know what the unnamed city was, I wanted to let you know early in the story. Now, but Jesus, as he passed through, we have to think about, like, what is happening right now in the life of Jesus? Like, he's preparing to die. Like, the time is coming for his crucifixion. So it's not like Jesus and his disciples are just kind of lollygagging around. They're actually about his father's business. And so as he comes to Martha's house, she opens the door. She welcomes him in. Now, which is good, because I, I can't imagine that Jesus coming to our home and us saying, hey, Jesus, this really isn't a good day. Can you come back tomorrow? It's like when Jesus comes knocking, we, we should open the door. So Martha's hospitality is great. We can give her credit for that. The, the receiving of Jesus into her home, which was great. And although we don't know the ages of Martha and Mary, it, it is possible that Martha is the oldest. And as you read different stories about Martha and Mary, particularly the one when their brother Lazarus died, it was always Martha to, to go first. And it was typically always Mary to kind of stay, stay behind. I remember when I was growing up, like my sister is the oldest and she would always like to go first. And I would always like to go first, but typically she's taller than I am. So she would typically like have her hand like on my head as she goes first. So this was not that kind of story. So as Martha welcomes Jesus in, there's a, there's a possibility, because they're not married, that they may be young, but there's also a possibility that they're very wealthy. Because although it doesn't say whether the disciples are with Jesus or not, we know that they were with him as he knocked on the door, but we don't, we don't quite know whether they're in the home or outside the home. But it's feasible that they could be in, because if she's wealthy, she would have a, a larger home. And New Testament women, there, there were some that were independently wealthy that were also homeowners. So that's, that's setting the scene. Now, but look at verse 39. It says, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord listening to what he said. Mary gets it right off the bat. 
Not only does she sit at the feet of Jesus, but it is actually a part of her character. If, if you know anything about Mary, when her brother Lazarus died and Jesus came too, he went to the burial site and it was Martha that left the home first and Mary stayed behind and then just a little while, Mary came and as soon as she saw Jesus, she kneeled down at his feet. But not even that, the, the fact that she did not need Jesus to heal or to raise Lazarus from the dead for her to worship her savior. But not only that, and this is what I love, is that she falls at his feet again to anoint his feet when he died. And not only did she do that, she, she took this expensive perfume, um, the alabaster jar, and, and it was so expensive, it, it says that it costs a year wages, if you look into it. And, and that as she anointed his feet, the, the perfume and the smell of the aroma just kind of filled the, the area. See, Mary gets that, that when you're in the presence of God, our place, our number one priority is to be at his feet, is to listen to his word. While, while Mary is sitting there, Luke is making the point that as she is listening to the word and she's sitting, that is the position of a disciple. And as Mary and Martha, particularly Mary, like there weren't really women disciples back then. So just even allowing Mary to be that close and that intimate with Jesus in itself was also remarkable. That God not only has, has given us his word, but that the opportunity to be in communion and fellowship with our Savior always has to be at the forefront of our life. All scripture, so, 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 she's, so imagine this. So Jesus here, let's just say there's a recliner and Mary's kneeling down. The, the impact of listening to God's word. This is just some of the scriptures of how God's word is presented. One, that all scripture is inspired by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. We read that in 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17. 1 Peter 2.2 says, tell us like newborn babes to long for pure milk of the word, that by us having it, we would grow and to respect salvation. Having God's word, listening to God's word, reading God's word should be the primary focus when we're in communion with Jesus. I went to a conference once when I was a youth pastor in Orlando, and the first thing that the, the speaker, he's a preacher, senior pastor of a large church, he got up and he said, for every pastor in the room, read your Bible or resign. It was powerful. Sometimes we get caught up with the act of service, the act of doing things in the name of Jesus, that we neglect our own personal relationship with Christ. We get it, we, we have busy schedules. We, we set off at the new year to 
read scripture and to pray and to exercise and to join a small group. And then we miss a day at the small group. We miss a couple of devotions before we know it. You know, it's spring, so we don't come to church. It's summer in New England. No one comes to church. You know, if you're a snowbird, you go to Florida or, or California. We get it. We, we have busy lives. But when we sit at the feet of Jesus, something else happens besides listening to the word. One of the other priorities is that things are placed in perspective for us. So the things that Martha was doing were good, but the thing that Mary was doing was better. Look at, uh, at verse 39. It says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had been made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has, has left me to do all this work? Tell her to help me. Now, there's, a, there's some issues with this. One, it's kind of a trick question when you ask God, like, don't you care? I mean, God says, cast all your, your cares upon me for, for I, I care it's for you. So, I mean, Jesus is not going to say, you know, thy art, Jesus says, no, I do not care in this moment as I rest. You know, so the only thing for Jesus to say is like, you know, of, of course he cares. So Martha was so stressed out by the pressures of preparing the meal. She wanted everything to be right. But she missed the focus, which should have been on Jesus. And as a result of her not having the right perspective, it made her to be worried and bothersome. And Jesus said she was worried and bothersome by many things. How many things in our life do we get worried some and bothered by that causes us not to pray as much as we should? When we, sometimes if we lose our job or we get into an argument with, with, with our, our spouse or our kids are, are going through something rough and, and sometimes instead of digging into the Lord, we, we don't. Putting Christ at the forefront is the main thing that we have to do every single day, despite our, our job, despite our traveling schedule. Just, even if you're a small group leader, if you can't be in communion with God, what makes you to be a leader of a small group? Same thing as a pastor, youth pastor, senior pastor. If Martha had taken time to join her sister at Jesus' feet, those pressures would have fallen in their perspective order. And this applies to us as well. It is so easy to allow the pressures of life to, to crowd us, to, to get us off focus, to, um, to, to cause us to, to rethink what we're, what we're doing. A few minutes in God's word every day, a, a few minutes in the, in, in the car. I mean, there's, you know, I, I, I live in Boston, Medford, and on a good day, it takes me about 20 minutes to get into Andover. And, and usually during those 20 minutes, I'm, I'm listening to, one, the news, just to kind of like see what's going on in the world. And then I, I flip over to uh, my gospel music. I, t I tend to rock out in my car to gospel music. So if you see me driving and I'm like doing like this, it's good. I'm just praising. Just, just, it's all good. But it only takes a little bit of prayer a scripture, uh, some quiet time, some meditation to kind of center our soul. 
It's not like we're asking you to get up every single morning and for the first two hours to sit in silence and then go kneel and pray. No, we get it. You have to get the kids off to school. You got to get to work. There's an email that needs to be returned. But if we could just pause, if we could just stop, if we could just take a deep breath and say, Lord, thanks for waking me up this morning. Thanks for allowing me to have a roof over my head. Thanks for allowing me to be in good health. Or maybe you're not in good health, but the fact that you're still here, the fact that you're still, you're able to communicate, you're able to feel and to eat and to smell and to, to have all the beautiful things that, that, to see that Christ and the things that he has made. Mary has chosen the good portion which was to dine at Jesus' feet, to, to listen to his word. Mary was practicing the words of Deuteronomy 8.3 that says that man does not live by bread alone, but by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. We must remember that our service should not be an anxiety. It, sh it should not be, we shouldn't be agitated and dissatisfied when we see someone else in communion with God. That's the way Mary, sorry, that's the way Martha was feeling when Mary wasn't helping with the preparations. But other things happen when we're at the feet of Jesus. Healing comes when we're at the feet of Jesus. Matthews 15.30 says, and a great crowd came to him, bringing with him the lame, the blind, the cripple, the mute, many others, and they put them at his feet, and he healed them. Not only being at the feet of Jesus puts you in communion with God, gets you into the word with God, your healing comes from God. And there's many things that happen in our day and through our life that causes us to have pain and to have stresses whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's psychological, whether it's spiritual, that we're all seeking healing at some point, at some time. And all those things happen when we're in a relationship with Christ. It's easy to get distracted, even when our heart is in the right place. Martha was distracted by all the preparations. So obviously that caused her to be worried and bothered. We assume there was a lot of demands. I mean, when you think of having Jesus and possibly the disciples over, you know, she's, she's setting the table, she's baking the bread, you know, she's roasting the meat, she's fixing the vegetables if that has to be there. She's, she's coordinating everything because, because the Son of Man is, is at her house, is there in her presence. If you're more like Martha, which is okay, because I'm, I'm attention to details, um, I, I'm the kind of person that I write, you know, I have a, a to-do list, I have my calendar, and if I do things that are not on my to-do list, I go, I put it on my to-do list, and then I cross it out because I want to be productive. I, I think I heard some amen, so I think some of, some of, you, some of you are in there. And, and that's okay, because God loves them both at no time does God think that Mary loves him more, more than Martha? But Mary just gets that you have to be in God's presence 
before you can do things in the name of Jesus. We need hardworking servants like Martha as much as we need listeners like Mary. This may mean that as you go about your day, you go about your week, that you may have to adjust your own priorities. Like some of you right now are probably not even listening to the sound of my voice because you're thinking about what I'm gonna have for lunch, the laundry that I have to do when I get home, the emails that I need to return, the help with the, the kids' homework, if there's some kind of game that's on, or maybe your wife has asked you to fix something outside and you're thinking, man, it's raining outside. You're, you're thinking about the things you have to do next week, next month, next year. Lord forbid, have you had your taxes yet? Tax season is here. We get it. There, there, there's things that need to be done. But first things first, and that's Jesus. So it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to lose track of where one's responsibility is. So, so what can you tangibly do in those moments? Well, one, for me personally, I have a prayer list that I keep in my iPhone. So when people that I meet, whether it's here at the church or um, whether I go about my day or people that I meet in, in, in the supermarket, um, if, if I strike up a, a conversation or somehow they ask, you know, if, if I'm a Christian, you know, sometimes when I'm, when I'm dressed up on a Sunday, you know, it's like, oh, you, you're coming from church? And I say, yeah, yeah, I am. I say, well, what, what church are you coming from? Well, I'm coming from Free Christian Church. And, you know, sometimes they say, isn't all church free? And I say, yeah, but, like, Free Christian Church is, like, the name of the church. And, but you don't get hung up on the details. You want to kind of see where this is going. And in that regard... The person just wanted prayer. And me wanting to be a good Christian, I want to write down at least their first name and whatever their prayer requests in my phone. So when I'm going about my daily devotions, I can remember to pray. And one of the things my iPhone does, it actually keeps a date of when the last time I opened the prayer log. And so I get convicted if I haven't opened it in like a week, two weeks. Or if I didn't follow up with some, someone that I said that I would be praying for. How many of you have had that and someone said, pray for me, and then you went home and you forgot to pray for that person? Sometimes I even take the moment and I say, hey, is it, is it okay if I actually pray for you right now? Like, I, I'm going to pray for you in my own personal time, but we can actually just take a moment. It doesn't have to be you know, elaborate, I don't have to, you know, I know I'm Baptist, but I don't have to like lay my hands on you and go get some oil and rub it on you. It, it could just be my hand on the shoulder. It could just be, hey, let's, let's, let's go to God and pray together. Sometimes it's just maybe sitting peacefully just for a couple of moments before you start your day to thanking God for his goodness and his mercy, thanking God for, for, for his loving kindness that he's prepared. All of this relates back to our faith. All of this relates back to us practicing our faith, and that starts with Jesus. Note that sitting at Jesus' feet is something that Mary chose to do. Mary could have chosen to be with Martha cooking up a storm in the kitchen. Mary could have chosen to not even sit at Jesus' feet, but probably ask him questions. Hey, Jesus, tell me, 
about the problem of evil. Tell me if the Red Sox was going to win, you know, the game. Tell me if, if Brady is going to retire this year or wait another year. Of course, because Tom Brady was, you know, was alive back then. It's not something that happens by accident because there are too many other things that crowd out the time that we should carve out with Jesus. Either we are doing things to get us closer to God, or we are doing nothing, and it's getting away from God. And this is actually advice that I give to all my students, and I can't tell you all the time and time again as a youth pastor, students would come in my office and they would say, you know, I don't feel like God is here. I don't, I don't feel like he's with me. I don't, you know, I don't feel him. I, I feel like that God has abandoned me. And I asked, like, what have you been doing in your, your, your spiritual life? Like, tell me about your faith. How are you practicing your faith? And they would say, you know, I, I, I go to youth group on Monday night. You see me. Like, I'm, I'm a student leader. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, absolutely, you, you serve. But so what else are you, you doing through the week? Well, I go to Ultimate Frisbee on Wednesday. I mean, we say a little prayer at the beginning of the game. So, so I do that as well. And I said, okay, what else are you doing? Well, I mean, we sit at the table and we have dinner and my mom prays and I'm a, I, I say amen, so I'm agreeing with that prayer. So I count that as my daily prayer. I mean, this is like the bare bones of a spiritual faith here. I mean, this particular student could have done nothing, but this is like the, 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 the bare minimum. And is that where we want our relationship with Christ to be? the bare minimum, that we pray when it's convenient and we need something, or that we read scripture before we come to church so just in case if someone asks for a word from the Lord, we can quote in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, or John three sixteen, for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. My favorite is 2 Corinthians five seventeen, for if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have been created new. I can quote scripture all day long. I'm Baptist. But quoting scripture does not get me closer to Jesus. Me reading my Bible, me praying to the Lord, getting on my knees, or going into my private prayer closet, praying, Lord, heal me. Lord, you know the brokenness that's in my heart. You know the ones who are in my family who are sick. You know the ones who are in my, the congregation that needs you. Lord, I need to come to you first so you can order my steps. You can give me a lens to see what my perspective is. And it's just not me going out on my own, trying to do things in the name of the Lord, because that's not how he gets the glory. And I believe that God wants a personal relationship with you. I'm closing. The bottom line, Jesus says that sitting at his feet and listening to his word is the one necessary thing for those who want to follow him. Your faith and your spiritual journey should be at the forefront because if you're not getting closer to God, you will burn out not only in ministry, 
but also in other areas in your life, whether it's your job, it's your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your spouse, with friends, with coworkers. You have to be in a relationship with the Lord. And when you are, it has other implications where you would want to join a small group. You want to come to church. You want to be active in the community because by also doing that, you're practicing your faith. So I don't know where you are in your relationship with Christ, but I tell you that having a relationship with Christ is the one main thing that you need to have. You know why? Jesus tells you. It's the good portion. It can't be taken away. You can lose your job. You can lose your marriage. You can have a death of one of your kids. You could get cancer. Multiple things could happen, or none of those things could happen. But the one thing that will not happen is that being in love with Jesus, having that relationship with Jesus, getting on your knees and being at the feet of Jesus, listening to his word, it's the good thing. It's the better thing. It can't be taken away. It won't be taken away. And it will be with you today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, oh, thank you so much for your gospel. That when we hear your gospel, we know how much you love us, Lord. And how much you have demonstrated that on the cross. Lord, I don't know the heart of every believer in this room today, but you do. And if they do not have a personal relationship with you, I ask that at some point, at some time today, before they leave this place, that they would come running to you in their hearts. And for those who are busy and have busy lives that, have, that don't pray to you and talk to you as they should, Lord, that there will be a motivation, a renewance of their spirit, something in their soul that wants them to yearn and to come before you and to get closer to you with every beat and every breath that they take. So Lord, as, as we, we continue in, in, in worship, as we continue in our day, we ask that you would walk with us and that you would be with us as we want to be closer with you. And in Jesus' name do we pray, amen.